in season six, episode 13, where I talked about the history of food allergies, I mentioned how in the modern day, there seemed to be a rise in certain health concerns that weren't prevalent in older times, including food allergies. So that got me thinking, why? Why is that? Are we really seeing a rise in once minor conditions in our modern world? And if so, why? Let's chew on this a bit. Welcome everyone to Dairy Free Dude. I am Logan Graham, and I'm here to talk to you about how to thrive in a world where dairy products seem to be as common as dirt. We have vaccines or treatments for many deadly maladies our ancestors dealt with, such as smallpox. While we are equipped to deal with most of these deadly conditions today, we struggle with other ailments that our ancestors didn't. Things like nearsightedness and food allergies. We know this because these types of ailments appear rarely in historical documentation. For example, there are mentions of farsightedness in historical documents, as well as illustrations and examples of glasses even all the way back in the medieval period, but not of nearsightedness, a more modern age condition. Nevertheless, these modern troubles are pretty minor compared to, say, bubonic plague, <gasps> but they can still mess things up for us. I mentioned in a recent episode that food allergies only really started being recorded in the early 1900s. But why, then, have food allergies, what we really want to talk about, become so much more common today? First off, when it comes to determining how many people have food allergies today, according to the National Institute of Health in a survey of 83 World Allergy Organization member countries, three to four times as many people claim to have food allergies and may wholly believe it themselves, but they don't. This is based on self-reporting instead of professional diagnosis. Instead, untrained non-medical individuals noting issues with themselves or their children may possibly jump to the conclusion that a food allergy is responsible, whereas the situation may actually be attributed to a food intolerance or even food poisoning. Because of all the studies and polls scientists and researchers have done, some believe that it's not food allergies that have become more prevalent, but our awareness about food allergies. According to people like Carrie Nadeau, an allergy specialist from Stanford University, there aren't more diagnoses of food allergies, but we're just becoming more aware about how widespread food allergies actually are. However, there is not 100% agreement within the scientific community on this. As an example case to dispute that only awareness has changed, some look at the prevalence of asthma in the city of Munich. After the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1989, scientists conducted tests regarding the prevalence of asthma. Remember, allergies have a connection to asthma. Hold that thought. So a team of German scientists began to study people from Munich in West Germany and Leipzig in what was formerly East Germany, two different areas but sharing the same genes, and found people in West Germany, where things were cleaner and healthier, had higher rates of asthma compared to the East German residents where it was dirtier, rougher, and poorer. 
This showed differences depending on man-made conditions. It was the complete opposite of what they'd expected to see. In that same year, a theory was proposed by epidemiologist David Strachan called the hygiene hypothesis. The original idea was that if the immune system was exposed to a good amount of bacteria and infections at an earlier stage, it would get stronger. So in the example of the German study, the folks living in the Germier area had stronger immune systems and bodies in general. Remember again that allergies have to do with the immune system. Hold that thought too. In the other hand. But in our modern age, where everything is uber clean and sanitized, our immune system gets bored, per se, and instead overreacts to ordinary things, like food. You may have heard pediatricians, for example, refer to avoiding hand sanitizer and antibacterial soap with children as it prevents them from interacting with healthy bacteria that can help them strengthen their developing immune systems. By and large, the rate of food allergies worldwide increased from 3% of the population in 1960, almost 91 million people, to 7% in 2018, a little more than 531 million people. Put another way, that number multiplied over five times. Let's take a moment to digest that. Not only that, but the number of common allergens has grown too. Several decades ago, the list of common allergens included seafood, milk, and nuts. Now we have nine top allergens, not to mention allergens that are slightly less common. However, the original hygiene hypothesis does conflict with some current research, including data showing that getting common infections in bacteria can cause asthma, for example. A better idea, drawn out of the original idea for hygiene hypothesis, is that it's not so much about bacterial infections we contract from the outside, but what our gut comes into contact with. Specifically, good, helpful bacteria. You may have heard a lot recently about gut biomes. It appears that filling your gut with microbes that can educate the immune system can be very helpful. What does this look like? Well, it can depend, seeing how each person's gut is different. That means certain helpful bacteria are accepted into the biome of some people's guts, but are killed in others. In some cases, the selection of good bacteria must be tailored for an individual. The microbes in different habitats change regularly. Let's go back to our gut biome. Our clean, modern homes bear microbes completely unlike the ones found outside. Comparatively, we spend much more time inside than our ancestors, which means our immune systems aren't encountering up-to-date, helpful microbes as often that would help strengthen them. Similarly, children who are given a lot of antibiotics are more likely to develop a food allergy because antibiotics kill a lot of helpful bacteria, disturbing the immune system's development. Also, a few decades earlier, parents were worried about, and warned against, feeding their babies allergens, thinking it might cause allergies to develop. Like peanut butter. The advice was to not feed children allergens until they were three years old. The problem with this was that, while they may not be ingesting, for instance, peanuts, they would encounter peanuts in other ways. Residue from dust, contact with contaminated furniture, 
or even creams, lotions, or other Collin products. A person with DNA that is sensitive to developing allergies, encountering peanut in these ways, and not through the mouth, could trigger a negative response from the immune system. Because of that, doctors are now saying that infants should instead be fed these allergens as early as possible. This allows the child's immune system to register the allergens as good instead of flipping out and causing anaphylaxis. Another interesting tidbit. A European study, named Europerval, found that in geographical areas where a specific allergen is rarely eaten or never eaten, there's next to no one with an allergy to that specific allergen. For example, in Greece, peanuts are rarely eaten. The percentage of peanut allergies there was noted as 0%. However, when those Greeks emigrate to other countries, it's possible they'll be more at risk to developing peanut allergies than others, simply because of the unexposed genetics they inherited from their peanut-free ancestors. So when it comes to the causes of the rise in food allergies, whether it be people deciding not to feed infants allergens back in the 90s, or being too clean of bacteria that our immune system is unfamiliar with, or even the allergen-free genetics of our ancestors, the past is influential to understanding what to do in the future. And our modern awareness is helpful too in that it drives research. In summary, take a multifaceted approach to dealing with this growing pandemic. Simple avoidance of allergies helps you, but not future generations. Talk with your doctor about how to best get a variety of helpful bacteria suited for your gut. Do you have a sensitivity to allergens in your family's DNA? Talk with an allergist about the program of feeding allergens to your children early on. And think twice and maybe get medical advice about eating things your recent ancestors didn't. That way, in a few generations, we may crest the rise of food allergies and see them fall. This is Logan Graham, the Dairy Free Dude. Live on!